I've been here about um, a little over eight years. When I first arrived, I uh, attended a pastor's prayer time at what was called WAG, Wasilla Assembly of God. And some of you are very familiar with that. And I think we've got some people here from uh, the former WAG or what is now Summit. And we honor you and bless you and thank you for coming. Um, during that time, I, I met our dear brother, Pastor Scott. And I'll never forget when I first met him, I, I was taken back and I thought, man, that's a, that's a special guy right there. Saw the presence of God on him. He, he had a special touch from the Lord and we were instant friends. And um, some time went by before we really got to know each other. And, and um, I've had the privilege, we have had the privilege of having you a part of our church family here for the past three years. And you are an exemplary man of God. And as well as Rachel, an exemplary woman of God. And your children are exemplary. And you have brought encouragement and strength to me beyond anything I could tell you. You've touched my heart and you've modeled what it is to pray. You've challenged me and, and, uh, and God's used you in a great way in my staff and uh, in my life and in this house. And it is a great honor to turn my pulpit over to you to share the word of the Lord tonight. We've come to honor you and to, to say thank you for serving. To say thank you for serving in the valley for all these years. Would you stand, please? Put your best hand together for Pastor Scott Phillips. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. We love you too, Pastor Alex. It's so good to be here. What an honor to be here. I, uh, the time that went by between when Pastor Daniel and I first got connected at that, vast, that uh, Valley Pastors Prayer Network meeting, a few years had passed. And we were in a time of transition, and uh, I was—I had gone back. I'd stepped away from ministry and had gone back to uh, my old job. And uh, as a matter of fact, I just want to honor Ron and Carla Neffendorf, my employers. Would you guys stand up real quick here? And uh, these guys, thank you so much. I always love you guys. Uh, they gave me a great opportunity and and uh, been the, the source of my employment for many times for the last several years, and I appreciate you guys very much. And anyway, um, I was working. I'd gone back to work. I was doing some work on Fort Richardson, and uh, there's a little Army airfield there that they uh, they fly the helicopters in and out of. It's called Bryant Army Airfield, and I was kind of at a low spot, a little bit discouraged, questioning my future and ministry and life, and and uh, was going through a, a trying time personally, and uh, I was up in the air traffic control tower doing some work, and I got a text, and I didn't recognize the number, but the text message said, hey, I'm praying for you, and, uh, and man, it just grabbed my heart. I felt uh, encouraged. I felt the, the Lord's anointing on the text message, and, uh, and I said, well, thanks. I appreciate it. Who is this? And he said, this is Pastor Daniel. I'm really praying for you, and I said, I really believe you, man. I feel like encouraged, and he reached out to me during that time and has been a friend, and, and uh, you made a difference in my life, man, and I'm really appreciative. 
for you and, and what you've done. And this church, you guys have loved us very well. And uh, you've been patient with me. You've given me room just to process through this season with my family. It's been a big encouragement. And I just want to encourage you guys as a, as a congregation, as a body of believers. Uh, you guys are a great blessing. You're doing a great work in the community. And just continue to, to do what you're doing, praying and believing God, support your leadership. And uh, I believe the Lord, the best days of this church are ahead of it. And, uh, and uh, one of the things I, I'm really encouraged by... Um, about the church that that one of the things that has become a, a an increasing uh uh, matter that I hold valuable in my life, and not that I've arrived, and not that I do this like I want to do it, but this church really values prayer, and, uh, and, and the call to prayer that the Lord is, has uh, placed on all believers, and just that place of staying connected with the Lord and dependent upon Him, and uh, I love that about this church, and I believe the Lord is going to continue to grow prayer. There's so many opportunities to be involved with prayer, whether it's early morning prayer, or Friday night prayer, or there's lots of opportunities to pray here, and and um, Dr. Cho, who pastored a great church in Seoul, South Korea for a number of years, for a long time, I believe it was the biggest church in the world, and uh, he had made a comment about the church in America, and I'm not, I'm not a person, I don't want to beat up the church, and I'm not, I don't want to condemn the church, but he commented about the church in America, he said, it's amazing you do so much with so little prayer. <laughs> And I thought that was an indictment. I thought he was trying to say something through that comment. And, uh, and my encouragement for, for uh, the season that we live in and the time that we live in in the world right now is uh, we live in the most amazing time to be alive. There's a lot of difficulty. There's a lot of challenges that we're going to face, that we're facing now. Even in America, we've lived in this bubble for quite a while, and we haven't gone through many of the things that many people in other parts of the world have gone through. Um, but I really believe that... Uh, it, that this time in history, um, we're, we're kind of a season right now that we we're able to get our bearings in some of the things that matter most. And one of those things that matters most right now is um, our dependency on the Lord and, and going back to the place of prayer and putting that first in our lives. And uh, I would just encourage you to consider that. I really, tonight, I wanted to talk about prayer, but I feel like the Lord has directed me a different way. If you guys would open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. We're going to get started. I want to thank my wife and uh, for just being uh, my best friend, my encourager. And uh, Rachel, I just honor you. I appreciate you so much, honey. And uh, you're, you're a wonderful wife. I love you. I love you. Thanks for everything you do, Rach. Pastor Bill and Dory. Dory, I don't know you as well, but I know your husband a little bit better than I do you. And I just want to thank you. You've been a friend of me. And I remember when I first got to meet you when you were in pastoring in Sitka and had such a connection with you, I thought the Lord may be leading me to go work with you in Sitka. And, and uh, just what it was, was the, the, what the Lord was doing in your heart and your life and who you are as a leader. And, and I appreciate your leadership and your friendship and your encouragement to me. You've made a difference in my life. And I just honor you for that. Thank you so much. And and uh, it's important to have people in our lives to encourage us to not give up and to keep going. Amen. Cecil, you're one of those guys, my friend. Rob and Sharice back there. And, and uh, I'm so thankful. I have so much to be thankful for. Genesis chapter 18 in verse 1. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, 
just, Lord, that you've, you've given us the scriptures, Lord, that you've given us the inspired word of God, Lord, to direct us, to teach us, to guide us, Lord. And, Father, it says that your word is profitable, Lord, for, for growing and for teaching and learning and training in righteousness, for rebuking and correcting. And so, Lord, I pray that tonight, God, that you would release living understanding upon our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Genesis 18, verse 1. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, while he was sitting at the tent in the heat of the day, when he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. And he said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it, and make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant, and he hurried to prepare it. He took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared, and he placed it before them, and he was standing by with them. He was standing by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, there in the tent. And he said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the, door, at the tent door, which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. And Sarah was past childbearing. Verse 12, Sarah laughed to herself. Pay attention to that. Saying, after I become old, shall I have this have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I indeed bear a child when I am old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. At this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh. For she was afraid, and he said, no, but you did laugh. End of conversation. <laughs> Can you picture the Lord? He just brings this last little correction to her, and Sarah denies it. And, you know, if we're going to have a conversation with the Lord, we have to speak his language. He's the God of truth. He speaks the truth. And we're not going to sneak a little lie by the Lord. He's going to call us on it, right? And, uh, and so I've, uh, in this last season of my life, I'm going to probably need a Kleenex. i got a cold nose here. Somebody help me out. Excuse me. It's used. <laughs> Pray for me. Okay. So, uh, I want you to grab Sarah's, her, her attitude in this. She's well advanced in years. In Genesis chapter 15, the Lord first appeared to Abraham. To the, the, this wasn't the first appearance that the Lord made to Abraham, but it was the first one where he told Abraham that he was going to have a kid at this old age. And so a number of years have gone by, 15, 20 years have gone by at this time. And there was this prophetic word, this, this promise that God had gave, given to Abraham and Sarah. And at the moment the Lord gave the promise to Abraham, if you, re, if you recall, and we 
give a little window of opportunity. I'm not going to take you to the story, but I would encourage you to study it out in Genesis chapter 15. The moment the Lord spoke this to Abraham, he believed that God was going to give him a son. And the Bible says that because he believed, the Lord credited it to him as righteousness. You guys, it's, it's, a, it's in there, I promise you. You can look it up and research it out for yourselves. But the, the, the problem was a number of years had gone by. And, and by this point, you know, if you're anything like me, you get a, you get a word of encouragement from the Lord, or there's a promise, or you believe there's something the Lord's speaking to your heart, and when you first get the promise, you're eager, you receive the word with joy, you believe God's doing something, you feel stirred, but there's so many times in our life that our timetable and God's timetable aren't lined up exactly right. The Lord's got this plan. He sees the beginning from the end. We can't, all we can focus on is the right now many times, and we want the Lord to do something right now in our lives, and he is doing something, even though we don't see the big picture, we don't see the total fulfillment of what he's spoken, we can become discouraged or dismayed. And at this point in Sarah's life, I believe she was probably a little bit discouraged. She was, she spoke like an atheist. She didn't really believe. She says, yeah, right. And she laughs to herself. It was an inward laugh. It was something that was going on inside of her, maybe a cynical heart that she had developed over this point of time. And, and, uh, and you know, it, at, at those places and those seasons and that time in our life where we get uh, discouraged because of the delay, a delay in the fulfillment of what God has spoken to our lives is not necessarily mean we've been denied by the Lord. There's so many times, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I'm very aware of my weakness, my shortcomings, and the failures in my life. Anybody else here? And so in the process, so many times I'll, I'll get discouraged and I feel like I'm disqualified from God working in my life because of a weakness or a failure, but I have hope for you. I've got encouragement for you tonight is that in the end of the story here, we can read Sarah's name in Hebrews chapter 11 of being one of the heroes of the faith. And that God did a work of grace in Sarah's heart that she was, she was able to, to, to process. The Lord confronted her in her cynic, cynicism of her own heart, the place of not believing anymore or discouraged or the place where she had given up hope and belief and dealt with it. And over the course of that last year before, the, before she was going to conceive and give birth to Isaac, who is, 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 is you know, a critical figure in the Bible, um, part of the lineage of our Messiah, this is critical stuff that's taking place right here is uh, there was a lot that went on, but there were some matters, there were some issues that were settled in Sarah's heart to see the fulfillment of what God was going to do. Initially, when the Lord promised Abraham that he was going to have a kid, and Sarah was a part of that whole thing, and she didn't have a lot of faith at this point. She was discouraged. She was old. The Bible says that she was well beyond the age of childbearing, and... Uh, and, and so it was just kind of an interesting thing for her. She just didn't know how this could happen. So she assumed that maybe the Lord would grant her children through her maidservant. And so she, you know, she convinces her husband, wives, be careful how you influence your husbands. You have great influence in the lives of your husbands. We'll listen to a lot of what you have to say, and so make sure you steer us in the right direction. Amen. When I got married, the, the minister that married my wife and I, he, uh, he said to me, he said, Scott, you're the head of the home, but your wife's the neck that turns the head. And that is so true. 
and uh, my wife has great influence in my life. And you'd be a wise man to listen to your wife, but you make sure you pray about everything you do, okay? And, and so th those things are important. So, so Sarah had, um, at that point in time, she was discouraged. She didn't have a lot of faith. So she comes up with this plan B, and uh, her, her maidservant is given to Abraham. You know the story. She conceives, gives birth to Ishmael. Do you guys familiar with Ishmael? If you go to my son right now, he's in, the middle, he's in the Middle East, and he's ministering to the Ishmaelites right now. And all these people, and this was a work of the flesh, and this wasn't God's plan from the beginning, but the Lord made a provision. And, and the Lord did this great work in Sarah's heart. And uh, in, the, in the interim, in the in-between time of the delay from what God's doing, sometimes we want God to work right now in our lives. Every one of us do. We, we want the Lord to work in our lives right now. But I want to encourage you to take a step back in your life and consider the big picture of your life. First of all, your life is but a vapor. Very short, 70, 80 years that you're living on the earth right now. It's, uh, it's going to go really quick. It may seem like a really long time, but can compared to eternity with the Lord, it's a drop in the bucket. And so for us, we have a hard time because of our point of reference. All we know is the 20, 30, 40 years that we've been alive on the earth. And so we don't think there's a lot of time, but the Lord's not in a hurry like we're in a hurry. And, and, and so many times there's the process and the Lord's working in the background and he's doing these things in our lives. And he's developing our character and he's preparing us for our future and our destiny and the purpose that he has for our lives. And and so in the process, the Lord's working, and many times we don't perceive what God's doing. The Bible says that we can be confident of this very thing, that he, he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. And it's not that just one day he's going to decide, he's going to wake up, he's going to have his alarm's going to go off on his, on his calendar, and he says, oh, this is the day that I've got to fulfill the promise for Scott. That's not how it works. He's working in Scott's heart all along, aligning my heart to his, so that the fullness of time, when there's agreement in my heart with what God wants to do in my life, he'll release it to me in his time. But don't get discouraged in the interim that, that it's so easy to give up hope and to become, you know, despondent about what the Lord's doing. And is he really working? I don't feel like God's really doing much right now. What happened to the promise? Maybe because I sinned. Maybe because something happened in my life, God's given up on me. But I want to encourage you that if you sin, there's provisions been made for you already on the cross. Just repent, realign your heart with the Lord, and sign back up again and keep going. And the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The key is remaining in Christ Jesus is being repentful, maintaining that yes in your heart, getting back up, pressing delete from where you failed, and continue to trust God with the process that he's working in your heart, he's moving in your life, he's producing something in you, so that at one day God's going to do what he said he's going to do. We can take God at his word. And uh, it's so critical in this hour. We need perseverance in our life. We need encouragement to keep going on. And, and I promise you, the yes in your heart today, even though you don't feel like maybe there's a lot going on or you're not experiencing the breakthrough, but if you will stay faithful today, 
it matters in the heart of God. He's working. He's doing things in your life. He's going to accomplish what he said he's going to do. And it's important in our lives that we hold on to that truth. And um, a couple of years ago, I, I had uh, I'd gone through a really difficult transition in ministry. It was wrought with dysfunction and pain. I had, I had some personal failure. I was in a relationship with people that we, we just, it was a lot of brokenness and in and, and, and the relationships that I was a part of. And it was really a difficult time for me. And, and I didn't know if that was it for me. I didn't know if that opportunity, that season of my life where I had walked in ministry was, that was the end for Scott, that I was never going to be able to enter ministry again. I had had the opportunity. It didn't seem like it fared too well for me. And I was a little bit discouraged. And, uh, and yet, at the same time, I couldn't shake the fact that I believed that God had a plan and a purpose for my life. And the Lord had a call on my life. And, and uh, regardless of, of what I would do, I would always go back to that. There was a desire in my heart to be involved in ministry and to preach the word and to do the different things that God's called me to do and gifted me to do. And so I figured, okay, the desire's still there. Lord, you must not have taken this away from me. But he was doing something in my life. And one of the best things that you and I can do, that when we're going through difficult times or times of uncertainty, when we don't know what's going on or we're not sure even how to pray, or to even how to discern the circumstances of our life is to get in agreement with the heart of God and say, Lord, I may not fully understand what's going on in my life right now, but Lord, I would say this, God, would you just, whatever you're doing, I trust your leadership in my life. Would you have your way in my heart? And just get in agreement that way with the Lord and just say, God, do what you want to do. Shape me. Lord, you're the master potter. I'm on your wheel. Make me the person that you want me to be. And to, to continue to sign back up and to yield your heart that way to the Lord and that little prayer matters. It registers in the heart of God because he looks around the earth for anybody that has agreement with his heart and he works on their behalf. We get in unity with what God's saying and what God's doing. It's incredible what will happen. The grace of God will come as you humble yourself that way and it's powerful. So my family and I, I have been a big Mike Bickle fan for years, big fan of the House of Prayer in Kansas City. I love what they're doing. I believe they're making a difference. And uh, I, before we had gone through this difficult transition, I was really, I, I, I loved what they were doing. I was, I was, you know, lots of teachings, conferences, things like that. I was eating it up. And, um, but I was discouraged at this point. I didn't have a lot of faith uh, in my life. And Rachel wisely encouraged me during that time. And she's like, Scott, you know what? This would be a good season for us to, uh, to take some time off as a family, to set our hearts, you know, to the Lord and uh, go spend a, a season of prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord. So we, we took a leave of absence. My, my boss and uh, the owner of the company I work for graciously let me take four months off of work. You know, you got a good employer that'll let you take four months off of work and come back to work. And uh, later on, and so I, I, le I left with my family. We pulled a little equity out of our home and we took four months off and went to Kansas City. And man, it was hell for us. I thought we were going to go to this spiritual utopia and it was going to be angels and harps and clouds. And man, it was rough. It was so rough. And I was like, God, this is not what I, I'm paying for this right now. <laughs> Lord, I am paying. I'm like, wow, this is so hard. 
And during that time, I'm, we're, I'm, I was like, I'm paying all this money. I'm going to get everything I can out of it, Lord. I want to fast. I'm going to pray. I want to hear what you're saying and, and all these things. And the Lord challenged my heart during that time. There's a couple of takeaways. When you go through the different circumstances of your life and the things that you face, there's some takeaways. When, when you get done with it, you need to be able to have a little bit of perspective of what's taking place in your life so that you learn it. The Bible says that these momentary and light afflictions are producing for us an eternal weight of glory. That equates to increased spiritual authority in our lives, lots of things like that. And so during that time, it was hard. We, were, we had all kinds of issues. My, my relationship with my oldest son was broken. It was being healed, but it was painful. It was difficult. I felt like a, as a father, I was faced with my failure as a parent. In many, many ways, it was just tense. It was a very difficult time. And uh, I thought during that time, I just got to do whatever I got to do to get back into ministry. And, uh, and so I'm like looking around, I'm looking on the radar screen, I'm looking at the map of Alaska, I'm praying. Sometimes we want to hear God so bad we make things up. <laughs> Has anybody ever been there? It's a, I, this is, I'm just being honest. And, and, you know, whenever you throw the God said card on the table, you can't negotiate with that with people. So we have to be really careful about when we say God said something. And, and uh, during that time, I was really considering uh, relocating and moving to Southeast Alaska and get involved in ministry down there at one of our Assemblies of God churches down there. And... Uh, Man, we got to the point we had listed our we, we we had come back from our time at the house of prayer in Kansas City and and uh, we we listed our house and we were trying to sell our home and we put an offering on a home down there and all these things were going on and and I'm like we're going I mean we're putting Facebook posts up that we're going to Southeast Alaska we're saying all kinds of things we're doing all kinds of things and I just there was something in my heart I just wasn't settled about it and I thought man I really need to pray about this. It's a good idea. I probably should have been praying a long time earlier, but, but I, I really need to pray about this. And while I was praying about it, I thought, I need a fast. And this ties into just as a season, as a church of, of fasting and prayer. And I said, I need to fast about this. So I took one day. I wasn't going to go on a 21-day fast. I wasn't. I was just going to give the Lord one day. And so I, I gave God one day. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try to humble myself. Lord, I really need to hear from you. I'm getting ready to make a major decision right now in my life. And I need to know it's you. And so I took a day. I fasted. I prayed. I'm talking to the Lord. I'm not hearing anything that day. I get up the next morning. Right when I got out of bed in the morning, the Lord spoke to me. And I, I, I'm going to hold that card tightly because I really believe he did speak to me that day. And he said to me, he said, Scott, you're not being honest with yourself. And when he said that to me, I knew exactly what he was saying. He was saying, Scott, you're not being honest about, you're not being honest to yourself about this move to Juno. This isn't what I'm calling you to do right now. This is something that you feel like you need to do to get back on track with your life, but I'm doing something in your life, and if you will let me do it, I'll take you to where I want you to be at the right time, at the right circumstances. And so at that day, I ate a little humble pie. I called Rachel. I said, honey, it's not the Lord. We're not going to go to, we're not going to move to Southeast Alaska. I don't feel like that's what the Lord wants me to do. And, and the only thing you get to eat during a fast is some humble pie. And, and, uh, and so I, I ate a little humble pie and, uh, it's okay. You know, God has a plan for us to be more humble than we prepared or we planned for in our lives. And, uh, but he gives grace to those who are humble and he works in our lives. And, 
And, uh, and it's another two years go by, nothing's happening. And I'm like, I am not going to make an Ishmael. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your leadership in my life. And as time goes by and the Lord works in our life, um, he brings us to this point where uh, he, really, he really started to lead us genuinely and opened a door for us to connect with some people that we had been involved with missions uh, with years and years ago when we worked with Mercy Ships. And, and, uh, and the Lord opened the door, and so we're taking the step of faith. We're going, we're moving to Illinois. We really are confident that the Lord's in it, and we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, the, the, other, the other side of this story is that Whatever was going on in Sarah's heart, the cynicism that she had when she laughed, like, yeah, right, Lord, (laughs) right. I've heard this before. The Bible says don't treat prophecy with contempt. Don't despise prophetic utterances because he's actually working. And the enemy wants to test your faith because he's trying to, he's going he's gonna to attack God and accuse God to you and say, God's not really good. God's not going to really fulfill his promise in your life. That's one way the enemy attack. Or the enemy will attack you by condemnation and say, look, you've fallen short. There's no way the promise of God's going to be fulfilled in your life. And that's not how God works either. God doesn't condemn us. He's a merciful God. He's got a plan and a purpose for our lives. And if we will get back up and sign up again and again and again and, and hold on to what the Lord says and allow him to lead us, us, allow him to take us through the times and the seasons and the testings of our life. He will produce what he wants to do in our lives. I don't stand up here today as somebody who's got it all together. I, I have had many struggles and failures in my life, and I don't anticipate that I'm going to be perfect from here on out. But one thing I've decided is I'm going to forget all that stuff that's happened in the past. I'm going to keep signing up. I'm going to keep following the Lord and doing what he's calling me to do. And he's merciful when we make mistakes. Thank God for repentance. What if there was no repentance? What if the, the, the first time you made a mistake, that was it? It was all over. Thank God he's merciful. And he's made a provision for us in that. And as we just continue to sign back up in the, in the process, it's, it's just so, so important. And, um, you know, there's a lot I could talk about tonight, but I just want to close this out. If you would, turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. Pastor Daniel, I appreciate you so much, man. You've been such a blessing. We're going to look at two, two scriptures in Hebrews 11. I was looking at my daughter, Kennedy, who she's staying up here. And uh, I love my kids, man. I love my kids. I love Kennedy. When Kennedy was, when Rachel was pregnant with Kennedy, we were attending a retreat at our church, at the Assemblies of God Church here. And uh, it was a powerful time. And it was a, it was a weekend retreat. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. And Friday night service, we're in worship. And there's a lady that's sitting in front of Rachel uh, during the worship service. And uh, she was actually Episcopalian. And uh, this was awesome. I love how the Lord works. And, and uh, she was Episcopalian. And during worship, Rachel had felt like the Lord had spoken to her heart and said, the child that's in your womb is, as you worship me, the child that's in your womb is going to grow up and worship me. Amen. And so... So the Episcopalian woman, she turns around right after the Lord speaks that to Rachel's heart. 
And, you know, they're, they're not super familiar with the spirit-filled experience, okay? And so she turns around to Rachel, and she says, you know, I don't get this type of thing very often, but I just felt like the Lord spoke to me that the child in your womb is going to grow up to worship him. And I'm like, there's your witness. And tonight, seeing my daughter just lead a special night just blessed my heart. <laughs> because God's, God is faithful. He's faithful. I couldn't do that. I'm not a musician. I couldn't produce that. But God's so good. He's so faithful. He's faithful to his word. He'll do what he's promised he's going to do. I mean, he's no respecter of persons. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for your kids. Pray for your kids. Pray for their destiny. Pray that the Lord will give them a heart to contend for their destiny. As a parent, contend for your child's destiny. Your children are going to make mistakes. They're going to struggle just like you and I are going to struggle. But don't give up hope. Continue to believe in your children. God's going to do a great work to this next generation, but the devil is fighting like hell for your kids. They need your prayer. They need your love. They need your support and encouragement. And so I just want to encourage you that way. It matters. And, and um, so I'm going to just share these two, two verses. And I'm going to hand it back over to you, Pastor Daniel. All of these matters and all this stuff I talked about tonight, it boils down to a matter of faith in our life. Sometimes faith isn't as pretty as we would think it would look. You know, sometimes there's faith is rough. Many times it feels very weak. It's a weak yes that we have in our hearts sometimes. Even if you, after the story of Abraham and, and when he believed God and the Bible says the Lord was gonna, he credited it to him as righteousness, his belief in God. Abraham still made several mistakes and he had weak faith in other areas of his life, but the Lord was still working and he was working out Abraham's salvation, if you will, if I could say it that way. Um, but these are matters of faith. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says this. I'm going to read verses 1, probably through 3, and then we're going to move over to verse 11. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the works, the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that it was what is, what, what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And then if we look over at verse 11, it says this. And here's our hero of the night, Sarah. It says, by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. See, when we believe God, we don't have to believe it's up to us to fulfill what God's called us to do. We just have to do our part and trust his leadership in our lives and allow him to take us through the journey. But in the end of the day, faith is believing that God will do what he said he's going to do. And that if we will hold on to that and we will contend for that in a very practical way, the Bible says in Deuteronomy that the word is very near you. It's in your mouth. If we will speak the word of faith over our lives and declare the promises of God, according to the word of God over our lives, that we will see what God said to, he's going to do fulfilled in our lives, whether it's for our nation, our families, our community, whatever it is, if we will speak that word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing the word and the word of God. Some translations say the word of Christ. If we will hear that, we will speak it out. God will begin to release things because we're partnering with his heart as we speak those things out in our life. It's essential. It's, it's imperative that we get in agreement with God. We have to open our mouth 
mouths if we're going to agree with God. We have to speak things out. Sometimes we feel uncomfortable doing these things. But I'm going to tell you something, and, and this is something that's just been on my heart the last couple of days, is that the hour we, you guys, the, the, the hour that we are in as a nation and in world history right now, we, we need great leaders in the body of Christ right now. We need strong leadership, people that aren't going to compromise the word of God. There is such a, a contention right now over over very plain scriptures that people are trying to reason out of the Bible and on issues of, of homosexuality and all kinds of issues like that. It requires strong leadership. But before, when we look at other people and we're like, well, where are the strong leaders in the body of Christ? Each and every one of us is a leader. You're governing your own life. And I would encourage you to govern your life well and to steward it properly because at the end of the day, you, your pastor is, is going to be responsible for preaching the truth truth to you and doing his best best to equip you according to the word of God and to prepare you for ministry in the future that God has for your life. But you will be accountable before the Lord for the way that you govern your life, the way you manage your time, the words that you speak, all those things. And you steward that well and you lead your life well. And God will begin to give you influence over other people to lead them and to minister to them and to be an example to them. We need a lot of, we need strong leadership right now in the body of Christ. It's, it's key. Right now at this season of my life, I am drawn to men and women of God that are bold, that are willing to toe the line on difficult social issues, that are not afraid and resist the temptation to be politically correct, and who will speak the truth with love, but who will speak the truth of the Word of God in this hour. And this is important in our lives, and it starts with the issue of faith. And so let's, 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 let's agree for that together, that the Lord would, would work that in our hearts and our lives. And, and I just want to thank you guys, and thanks so much for having me, Pastor Daniel. God bless you. Why don't you, why don't you, uh, why don't you pray for us? Come on, you pray. Just, just lift your hands to the Lord. Just get in a posture of receiving. And uh, Pastor Scott, why don't you lead us in prayer and just pray over us. Lord, we thank you. God, you're faithful. You're a faithful God. Lord, in our weakness, in our brokenness, Lord, we still, we know, God, at the end of the day, you're faithful that you will do what you said you've promised. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen your church, Lord, with might by the power of your spirit in our inner man. Lord, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that we would believe you, that, God, we would hold on to your word, that, Lord, when pressures abound in our lives, when life feels like it's getting the best of us, Lord, draw us away to the secret place, God, that we would lean not on our own understanding, on, on our own understanding but, Lord, we would lean on you. We would cry out to you. We would grab our Bibles, that we would turn to your word, that we would cry out to you, that you would strengthen us, Lord, that you would give us grace, Lord, to steward and govern our lives well, that, Lord, we would lead our lives in a manner that's pleasing to you, that you would be glorified, that, Lord, your light would shine through our lives, Lord, that family members would be touched, our communities, our co-workers, God, would be touched, Lord, that the leaders in our lives, would, Lord, would be encouraged by what you're doing, that it would even build their faith. Lord, we thank you for the faith of our leadership. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in their hearts and their lives. God, we pray that you would bless them. 
Lord, you would encourage them and strengthen them. Lord, that they would lean on you at all times. That you would surround them with favor and goodness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Just for a moment before we receive a love offering for our dear brother, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God tonight, and you need to receive his forgiveness, or maybe you've drifted in your walk with the Lord, you're not living for him, but you used to be. You used to be on fire, but you've drifted away from your first love. You want to give your heart back to Jesus. You want to come home tonight, or you want to give your heart to the Lord for the first time. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life, believed on him, that he died on a cross and rose again from the grave. We're not here playing a religious game. There's a hell to shun. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And if that's you, you need to get right with God. Don't you leave this place without being reconciled, without being forgiven. Your sin is thrown as far as the east is from the west. Every head bowed, every eye closed, intercessors praying. If that's you, want to get right with God for the first time or make a recommitment or perhaps the devil lies to you, says you're not saved and you want to be sure tonight on the count of three, you fit in any of those categories, raise your hand. One, two, three. Slip your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Praise God. God bless you, sweetheart. All the way in the back. God bless you. Son, praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Pray with me. Would you stand? Pray right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me for all of my sin. I believe that you died on a cross in my place. And I believe you rose again from the grave. Come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands as a sign of surrender? Let me pray for you, Holy Spirit. Fill. Holy Spirit, fill and touch each and every one. Break every bondage. Break every curse. Baptize people in your spirit tonight. If you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, just go ahead and do it right now. Fill people right now. Be filled tonight. Be free tonight from discouragement, from every assignment of darkness. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Heal the brokenhearted. Recovery of sight to the blind. Lord, I thank you. And I praise you. In Jesus' name, put your hands together for God. Amen. You may be seated. We want to take the opportunity to bless the socks off of this family. And we're going to do that. And you pray and ask God what you should do. Every dollar that comes in this offering will go towards the Phillips. We will send them one check. Bless you. So you pray, talk to God. If you get two numbers, the low one's the devil. Amen. 
Because God's a generous God. Come on, believe God. Ask Him. The measure of a good offering is that everybody does something. Everybody obey God. Come on. Come on, we're going to bless Him. Listen, through honor flows life. We're going to bless somebody that sowed 20 years of his life into the valley. We're going to bless him. Amen. We're going to bless him. <laughs> Devil messed with the wrong family, praise the Lord. Underneath our feet. If you're making a check, make it out to KC. If you're online, you can give that way, and all of this will go towards the Scots. Phillips family. The Scotts Phillips family. There's no S in the end of your name, right? All right. Bible says, honor your father and mother and have a long life. Dishonor mom and dad, have a short one. Honor flows life. Dishonor flows death. I honor you. We honor you. And I stand not just for me and my church. I stand on behalf of all the people that you poured into, who I've run across over all the years. They all say the same thing. That's a great man. Oh, I remember this time. I remember when they prayed for me. I remember, I remember over and over through the years, I'd run into people at gas stations at Walmart and different places. And you would become a topic of conversation. Not all the time, you know, but, but people would brag on you. And I'm thankful to call you a friend. Yeah. So we're honoring you for all of your service here. Of course, your real reward's in heaven. Y'all know that, right? Y'all know that. Yeah, when you get to heaven, then you get the real thing. This is just a little something, something. Amen. You ready? Okay, we're going to do this KC style, so that might be new for you. Ushers, would you bring two buckets down here? I would like you to stand right here. Come on. And uh, come on, Rachel, you come stand with your husband. And you just hand this brother a bucket right here. Right here, right here, right here. All right, we're gonna, we're just gonna, we're gonna pray, and then, and then you just come and bless them and hug on them and thank them. All right, would you, would you do that? Now, that's not the end of the service because we're very thankful to have our district superintendent here, and he's gonna come and pray over uh, Pastor Scott, and and we're, we'll bless him. Then we got some cake and a little time of fellowship. All right, Father, bless this offering. Multiply it many times over, Lord, to the to the the Phillips, Lord, and to the those that give to the gift and the giver. Multiply it many times over. Meet every need. Sell that house, that house to be sold. Everything that needs to happen, Lord, 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 just let it cause to fall like dominoes. Lord, let that dam of the blessing of heaven just break. Bless them, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Would you come and let's bless them.
worship God with us. get your family all around you. I'm going to ask our district superintendent of the Assemblies of God to come, if you would come, Pastor. Yeah, Dory, would you come also? Praise God. And let's just, let's just pray over them and, uh, and release the blessing of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Scott and Rachel, uh, you have been faithful servants. You've been obedient. And on behalf of the bride of the Lord, Je uh, of the Father God of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, on behalf of the Assemblies of God in Alaska, on behalf of the kingdom of God, because we're all representatives of the kingdom, praise God. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being obedient. Uh, in times maybe when it was tough and you felt like relenting, you didn't, thank God. You hung in there. You've been fruitful servants. Uh, you've yielded much fruit for the kingdom through your work, through your labor of love, through your persistency, through your giving. Uh, you've given much. And uh, one day you'll stand before the Lord and, and he's going to return much throughout all of eternity. But you know, there's blessing that comes in this life too when we're obedient. And it's promised in Scripture. And uh, I take great delight in it, and it encourages me. But I want to speak this passage of Scripture over you tonight before we pray. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. 
The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you and in your storehouses. And in all to which you set your hand, he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy man and woman of God. The Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. You know, Brother Scott, when I first met you, I felt like I knew you by the Spirit. There was that inner witness of the Spirit that you were uh, a man of God, a man of the Spirit, and that you were leading a family that was a family of the Spirit. And you know, men and women of God that are led by the Spirit, they follow and obey the Spirit. That's what you've done. That's what you're doing. Uh, in, in one sense, there's a, uh, a bittersweetness to see you leave, but there's a sweetness to see you just keep obeying what God's calling you to do. And I think your greatest days are ahead. Your greatest usefulness for the kingdom is ahead. And probably what you think now you'll be doing, you will not be doing necessarily in the future. But whatever it is you're going to be doing, it's going to be greater than you ever imagined, you ever thought, your eyes have ever seen, your ears have ever heard. What's even in your heart will be greater because we serve a great God and he desires to do great things through us and he can do that through you because you are the people of God led by the Spirit. And so extend a hand as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Scott and Rachel. We thank you, God, for this family. We thank you, God, that uh, you call and you lead and you guide people by your Spirit. We're so thankful, Lord, that we have the opportunity to say yes to your Spirit and, and do what you would call us to do. And God, they've been that people. They've been that vessel, Lord. Lord, they've been a vessel that's been surrendered for the Master's use in this land, in Alaska. And God, we thank you for their work in Alaska, in the church across Alaska. God, here in, a, here in the valley, Lord, in southeast, out in western Alaska, up north, wherever you've led them, wherever you've taken them, they've been willing vessels. And Lord, they've touched so many lives and they've changed hearts by the power of your Spirit. And we thank you for this wonderful gift that you've given to the body of Christ. Now, Lord, as they go from this place, God, as you would lead and guide them to another place, we pray that you would go before them. We pray, God, that you would lead them, that you would protect them. We pray that you would put a hedge of fire around about them, Lord. God, we ask that you would watch over them and open up the heavens and pour out that blessing upon them that they cannot contain. Lord, we ask for the anointing of God to be increased in their life as they are obedient and as they draw closer to you. We pray, God, that the flood gates of anointing would rest upon them in a strong way. And God, as they serve you and as they work for you, we pray that you'd multiply the fruit many times over, God. Many times over, Lord. God, prayer is near and dear to this family's heart. And God, I just pray that they would just remain in that constant place of prayer and of seeking your face. Lord, I pray that you'd grant them favor as they go. Grant them favor, God, as they continue to sow seeds of life. 
Lord, I pray, Father, that you would expand their influence. And God, that you would use them in a great and mighty way to bring glory and honor to you, to your throne, forever and ever and ever. Lord, I thank you for this church and this pastor and his wife and their team that have received this family and loved them and blessed them and encouraged them. And God have stood with them. And so we just ask God that your hand of blessing continue to rest upon King's Chapel, upon Pastor Daniel, upon Karen, Lord. Just bless them in a mighty way. Lord, they have a great vision. There's a great work that they desire to do. God, you're going to send others to them, Father, that they'll bring in and minister to and encourage. And so, Lord, we just give thanks. We give thanks for this house, for this home that Scott and Rachel found and that received them and loved them. Now, Lord, bless Scott and Rachel's children all the days of their life. Lord, I ask that you would protect them. I ask that you would use them. I ask, God, the things that you've placed in Scott and Rachel's heart for their children. God, those things of righteousness, that they would see it come to pass again and again. And God, that they would be used in a mighty way as they go and they serve you. We love you, God. We're so thankful for the people of God. We're so thankful for you tonight, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity to serve you. God, we're just, we're just vessels of clay, but you've called us. And you've chosen us. And we're so thankful we can say yes and be a part of what you want to do in this land, in this day, and in this hour. And so God bless each and every person that's been here tonight, Lord, that the Word would find lodging in their heart and change them and transform them. Lord, we leave out of here tonight a better people, the people of God, the church of the living God, the church of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the time that we've shared together tonight. In Jesus' name, Pastor. And all of God's people said, amen. God bless you. Happy New Year. Stick around. There's some cake and fellowship. Put your hands together for God one more time, won't you? And put your hands together for the Scott Phillips and his family. Praise the Lord. God bless you, everybody.